0: Hi everybody, this is Gatsad. I thought I would try something different today. You know, one of the things that stresses me the most when I walk into my study every day to work is I've got a very, very extensive personal library. Hundreds and hundreds of books, many of which I've read, of course, but many which I've yet to read. And the mere thought that there are all of this knowledge out there that I don't yet have in this brain stresses the hell out of me. Uh, and so I started looking around, I said, you know, how many books do I have biographies on great scientists, philosophers, thinkers over the, you know, the history of humanity that, uh, either I've read or many of which I've yet to read. And so I just went through a couple of the shelves of my personal library. So this is not an exhaustive, uh, list and just wanted to show you some of the incredible books. I hope it's not too tedious, but I'll try to speak about each. So here I've got tons of books. I've maybe 50, but I probably have tons more. I, as I said, I didn't go through the exhaustive list, just of biographies of great. So here is why Freud was wrong. Here I've got a great story to, about this, which I talk about actually in my next book. Uh, one day I was, I had just finished teaching a, uh, an MBA course where, uh, at University of California, Irvine, when I was a visiting professor there. And many of the students uh, were in, sort of in the health management MBA. A lot of them were physicians. And so a, a female student comes up to me at the end of the course and says, I just wanted to thank you, Dr. Sad." And I said, for what? She goes, for the way that you went after Freud. And to a, I think to a smaller extent, I went after Young as well. I was talking about psychoanalysis and some of the... Uh, projection techniques that have been developed uh, in uh, psychoanalysis and then how it has been subsequently used by marketing researchers. And I had attacked Freud uh, for some of his quackery and she said, well, thank you so much because I am a practicing psychiatrist and I had never had the courage to, to sort of go after my professors when they were all hailing uh, Freud during my training or something to that effect. So here's a book on Freud. I've got actually several on him. I'll put this down here. There's many of these, so get ready. This is going to be a long one. Huxley, evolutionist. Adrian Desmond Huxley, From Devil's Disciple to Evolution's High Priest. An unbelievable book. All right. Thomas Kuhn. Remember the philosopher, Kuhnian Revolution. Uh, You know, how How we go from one paradigm to another. Paradigmatic shift. That's Thomas Kuhn, the philosopher. Great biography on him. I mean, I just can't believe the books that I have. Here's a guy named Albert Einstein. Boom. Oh, Abraham Maslow, right? The great humanist psychologist, right? You've all heard of. Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs, right? You you go through five levels, starting from your most basic needs, food, water, shelters, sex. You go up the hierarchy all the way up to self-actualization. So he was a humanist psychologist because he had a view of how human ought to behave. Uh, there you go. Oh, Conrad Lawrence, winner of the Nobel Prize with... To other ethologists for their pioneering work in ethology. Ethology is the study of uh instinctual pan- patterns, the evolution of instincts. So, for example, when you have imprinting in chicks, the chick comes out of the the uh the egg and there is a ont- uh ontogenic uh mechanism that says first thing that I see moving, that must be mom. So if you remove the 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 duck mother and then you put a golden retriever, then the chick will be imprinted on the golden retriever. Conrad Lawrence, unbelievable. Oh, my goodness. Wittgenstein. If some of you want to read a, a fun book on the philosopher Wittgenstein, read Wittgenstein's Poker. Fantastic book, really fun. Ludwig von Wittgenstein and oh, I think Wittgenstein was at Cambridge and my good friend Jordan Peterson was just in Cambridge. Maybe he's got a some story to share from visiting some salon where Wittgenstein used to hang out or something like that. I just actually communicated with him today, with Jordan, that is, not Wittgenstein. Uh, he seems like he's in good spirits. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. The man. Sorry, I know there's a glare. Galileo. Galileo. Mwah. Oh my goodness, unbelievable. Here we got a two-time Nobel Prize winner, Linus Pauling. Boom. This is how you become knowledgeable. These are called books. You read them. I often look at my children, I say, you know how Daddy knows all of those things that he talks about everywhere? He spends his time reading. But then again, as I'm going through these and realizing that many of these I have not yet read, Many I have, but others I haven't. I'm in a complete panic. Oh, this guy's unbelievable. Ramanujan, I don't know if you know about him. Ramanujan was a brilliant number theorist who had no formal education. Uh, read his story. It's unbelievable. He's, he starts sending some stuff- he, you know he's, he's he's working on a little chalkboard working out problems on his own as a young kid in India. He starts sending some stuff to famous professors at—I uh, can't remember if it's at Cambridge or Oxford. I—I I, I, I think it was at Cambridge. And you know, finally they give him a shot. He becomes a brilliant, brilliant uh, mathematician who died too young. Ramanujan, check him out—unbelievable. Here we've got oh yes, oh yes. Sorry again, you can't see it. E. O. Wilson the evolutionary biologist and uh, entomologist from harvard who's still alive i'd love to have him on my show although he's pretty old not probably in his 90s he he wrote a fantastic book in the uh, late 90s called consilience which has proven really important in my own work because in, in my work where i try to argue that we need to introduce evolutionary psychology in studying human behavior i argue that the reason why you need to do that is because it affords you greater consilience unity of knowledge so in both this book and certainly in chapter seven of this book, uh the the theme of consilience comes up over and over again. Oh oh my god, oh my god, arguably the smartest of all time. I mean, other than of course Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez, occasional Cortex, uh Isaac Newton, Sir Isaac Newton, check out this guy. Then here we've got I'm i am I'm 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 giddy like a child. I can't believe I've got all these books got Louis Pasteur. Bam. I'm bringing you into my private salon in my inner, you know, sanctuary. Oh, Sir Francis Galton. Some, some people called him a racist and so on. He was in the era of Charles Darwin. He was an important biostatistician and so on. All right. And of course, he was related to the eugenics movement. This guy, I'm not so sure how I feel about him. He's a psychiatrist. I don't know too much about him, and he's certainly not in the same uh, stature as the rest of the people here. R.D. Lang, or uh, Lang, he was a psychiatrist. Then we've got Jean-Jacques Rousseau, the French philosopher. Oh yes, oh yes, I've actually gone through this one. Here I stand, Martin Luther, and as a matter of fact, in the parasitic mind. I quote the Here I Stand. The idea is that you show up with your personhood. Here I stand with my beliefs. True Honey Badger. Whether you agreed or disagreed with him, he certainly was a Honey Badger. Oh, another one. Uh, We got another. Francis Galton. I think an older one. Here is Frank Soloway's Freud, biologist of the human mind. Frank Soloway is a very interesting guy because he uh, wrote a fantastic book called Born to Rebel, looking at the ef- effect of birth order on radical scientific innovations, the argument being that uh, later borns uh, are the ones who drive scientific innovations, whereas the firstborns are the ones who try to protect the orthodoxy. And of course, as you might expect, I am a last-born, therefore that's why I am a revolutionary thinker. Bam. Then we've got here again, Bruno Bettelheim, a psychoanalyst. Uh, he was part of the the time when I was, uh, you know, very interested in looking at all of the history of psychiatry and so on. Uh, I talk actually in my next book that, uh, you know, as I finished my undergrad, and I was trying to think about what I wanted to go into as the next step of my career, one of the possibilities was to actually go into either clinical psychology or to psychiatry, in which case I would have gone to med school. I decided against it for reasons that I discuss in in my next book, so make sure to get it. But I'm not done. I am not done. Stay with me. Here I've got Maimonides, the Jewish uh, philosopher, physician to the sultan, and of course... Rambam, as he's known, uh, the the rabbi, the great rabbi, Rambam, Paul Feyerabend, the philosopher of science, sorry, I don't know if you can see him, another great guy, so we've got Kuhn, uh, philosopher of science, we've got Feyerabend, we've got Wittgenstein, you want philosopher? I'll give you philosopher, I think, therefore I am, René Descartes, boom, I mean, look at these books. Look at these books. Possibly my number one guy of all time. That's saying a lot because I've got a lot of intellectual heroes. Possibly number one. Who do you think it is? Who do you think it is? Go. Did you guess it? Leonardo da Vinci. I mean, that guy is OG. That guy. I mean, unbelievable artist. Unbelievable futurist, unbelievable engineer, unbelievable scientist, the whole thing, the whole package, the true polymath, right? Interdisciplinarity is defined by this guy. Unbelievable. Imagine spending an afternoon with this guy. B.F. Skinner, of course, Skinnerian conditioning, operant, operant conditioning, stimulus response models, What do we got here? What's this guy? Oh, this guy you may have heard of. Maybe you've heard of this little Charles Darwin guy. Oh my God, I can't believe all these books. I can't believe it. The Heisenberg Uncertainty Principle. Physics. Look at this. I'm I'm running out of room here. Oh, another physicist. Another physicist. And uh, Einstein... Part of the tribe, All, a lot of these guys part of the tribe. I'm just saying. Here's another member of the Nobel Prize winning tribe members, Richard Feynman. What I loved about Richard Feynman, you should read his book, surely you must be joking, Mr. Feynman. Very cool short book written for the masses. I love his playful nature. He's a guy who's doing the tam tam, he's walking in Rio Carnival. He's not the stuffy professor. I like that. You don't have to be stuffy to be a professor. We're multifaceted creatures. We can be fun. We can be irreverent. We can be buffoons. Buffoons in a positive, playful sense. That's why in the next book, I have a chapter titled Life as a Playground. I hope you get a copy of the next book. It's it's a fun one. Oh, 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 Francis Bacon. Oh, yeah. Old school. Boom almost done although again this is just a small sample Marie Curie Nobel prize winner of course I believe two Nobel prize win- prizes if I'm not mistaken oh and she won it she won them before there was diversity inclusion and equity the die religion by the way tomorrow I'm speaking to a a friend who's a professor of chemistry at McGill who there was an article just written about him in the national post Check out our chat. It'll be taped tomorrow. He got denied two grants. Uh, He's a person of color. He's from India. uh, dark skin, who was denied two grants because his die statement was not up to par. So who cares if he cures cancer? That's secondary. That's bullshit. How are you going to promote trans people of color who are indigenous? And how are you going to promote indigenous way of knowing? That's what matters. That's good. Very good for science. Oh, another tribe member, Baruch Spinoza, excommunicated by the rabbis in uh, the Netherlands. OG right here. And then finally, and again, by the way, I've only shown you a small subset because I, I was kind of running out of room to put them all here. Now I'm going to have to spend 20 minutes putting them back on the shelf. Oh, Joseph Schumpeter. The Economist, right? You've got all you know, the Schump- Schumpeter cycles. So all of these things. I mean, look at these books. Some are in philosophy. Some are in religion. Some in, are in economics. Some are in physics. Some are in chemistry. Some are art. Some are psychiatry, uh, uh, psychoanalysis. This list demonstrates to you what intellectual variety seeking is, which is another topic in my next book, which is to live a truly rich life you have to sample from the buffet of life, whether it be literal buffet of food, but beware, it you couldn't put on weight, whether it be intellectual buffet, right? You, many academics are very, very much in the stay in your lane approach, right? You know, they're very good at one thing and then they spend the next 40 years doing plus epsilon research in one field. Whereas in my case, I've lived my life very differently. I try different things, I, I try to innovate, both within my academic career and also in my public engagement. I try to keep reinventing new trajectories to explore because I'm like a kid in a candy store. There are tons of things that excite me. So I think if you have that mindset, you ultimately will end up uh, sucking more out of life because part of life is to live as many rich experiences as you can. So there you have it. I hope that you've enjoyed this little tour Of some of my uh, books in my personal uh, library at least here i focused on biographies maybe in a future episode i'll share some other books maybe the ones i have on evolutionary psychology or you know other disciplines i tell you one thing that i know is that there is not enough time in in our lives to consume all of the incredible knowledge that's out there so get out there read have fun and i'll talk to you soon and if you enjoy what i just did if you enjoy my content Please go to the description at the bottom of this clip, offer anything, a couple of bucks. It helps because, you know, it it allows me to have some measure of uh, insurance policy. There's all sorts of nefarious forces that, as you know, come after me because I am outspoken and so on. So there are all sorts of ways that you could support me. If you'd like to support me concretely, please do so. Talk to you soon. Cheers, everybody.